Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. 2022, we're here. I feel like I haven't seen you all year. Well, that's the best joke I got. Hopefully they'll get better as the year goes on. Our senior pastors are away, Pastor Byron and Anne. If you're maybe visiting this morning and you're not sure who's who, Kim and I um, are the location pastors here at Ormo, and our senior pastors, the only ones we've ever had, uh, we're giving them a break. So that's pretty cool. They, Pastor Byron told me like three times, make sure you tell them I said day. make sure you tell them that I'm on holidays and I'm coming back. And So don't worry, he loves you, uh, but we're giving them a break, which is awesome. We're pretty blessed to have Pastor Byron and Anne, aren't we? Um, Kim and I have a, like a family tradition that we've made, and it's our blessings jar, and it's the things we're thankful for. One of the things I'm thankful for is Pastor Byron and Anne's influence in our life and in our church, that's for sure. Um, so every Christmas, we do this tradition where we, throughout the year, we write out all the things we're thankful for, or things we felt blessed by, and we write in, and before we open a present on Christmas Day, we sit down as a family and read out the blessings jar. And it was cool this year, don't you reckon, hun? It was cool this year, and you know, to see ones that Jethro put in, or that we put in, and if I'm honest... Some of the things that I thought at the moment were a blessing didn't, <laughs> by the end of the year, weren't a blessing anymore. I'm like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> Quickly put that on aside. But I think it's such a powerful thing just to start with thank- thankfulness, you know what I mean? And this year, I wonder what it would look like in our lives if we just started with thankfulness. Just say, hey, God, thank you for bringing us this far. God, this last couple of years has been hectic, to say the least. But God, we're actually going to believe for more. God, we believe that we're poised for 2022 and we're going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I recently brought a new Bible, and um, if you're anything like me, maybe you're not, maybe you are, but I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this as a pastor, but sometimes reading my Bible can feel a little bit tough, especially because I've had this New King James Bible for a long time, and I found myself skim reading it because I sort of got so used to it that I'd sort of know the end of the verse and I'd kind of skip ahead and it was a real challenge to me to stay in the moment and try and receive something fresh because I was like, yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah, yeah, I know that, yeah. And then so I recently brought a new Bible. I'm like, I just need a mix-up. I'm just going to change translations. And I've actually been blessed just by having a look at a new translation. Maybe this is something you need to do, I don't know. But for me, it just shifted it because I couldn't finish all the lines and I didn't know all the verses. So I've sort of changed and I'm just trying to look at it with fresh eyes for this year. Um, I've been reading through Genesis, and I just started Exodus, so I guess I'm just going to take you on a journey as to what I've been reading. Is that okay? And this passage now that I'm about to read really floored me the other day, and it was one of those moments as, I don't know if you've had this, but it's like when you're reading your Bible, and then all of a sudden it reads you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where I'm like, oh yeah, and it's just like, I just, my heart felt heavy. Something in my spirit said, oh no. And my response was, God, not on my watch, not on our watch. Anyway, I'll read it for you from Exodus chapter 1, verse 8. I'll fill in the blanks after I read this. Exodus 1, verse 8 says this, Eventually a new king came to power in Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph or what he had done. He said to his people, Look, the people of Israel now outnumber us and are stronger than we are. We must make a plan to keep them from growing even more. If we don't, and if war breaks out, they will join our enemies and fight against us. This one thought that they'd forgotten their Savior. And my prayer was like, God, let us not be one generation away from forgetting our deliverer. 
God, let us not be one generation away from forgetting our Savior and what you've done and what you've brought us through. You see, Joseph was a legend in the book of Genesis. He's a legend. It goes, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Jacob was Joseph's dad. Joseph was um, the son of really kind of his love marriage, I guess. The woman that he loved the most. Remember the whole story of Joseph? Um, I mean, sorry, Jacob. He kind of got tricked into Leah and then worked for Rachel. And it's a really cool story. But this was Jacob's favorite son, Joseph. And his brothers sold him into slavery. I'm filling in the story really fast. We've all seen Prince of Egypt, have we? Hopefully we've all read our Bible more than we've seen Prince of Egypt. But... (laughs) Either or will do for this explanation. He was his dad's favorite. He was sold by his brothers. He was a slave in Egypt, yet he remained faithful. As I was reading my Bible, I underlined all these passages where it was like, and God was with him, and God caused everything he do to prosper, and God blessed Egypt because of Joseph. There's all these like, it's like, wow, God, your hand was upon someone who was sold into slavery, who was... It's kind of somewhat outside of your will, I would think, yet all these times you had a plan. He served faithfully in prison because he was thrown in there for, steward, for being a good steward of the responsibilities that he had, for not sleeping with his master's wife, for trying to be a young man of God. He was thrown into prison, yet he served in this prison. He came to a spot of authority and leadership in this prison. He helped a couple of guys with their dreams in prison, remember? And then he tried to manipulate the story a little bit. He's like, hey, when you get out, make sure you tell Pharaoh about me. But, but it's like sometimes, I don't know if you've been praying or believing for something, and it feels like when you try and make it happen, it ends up taking longer than you want. Has anyone experienced that? Kim and I sort of learned a little bit of this lesson um, when we were trying to have Honey, our second child, and it was like, I don't know, Jethro just kind of happened. I can't explain how he fell pregnant I don't know what happened. And then it's like, it wasn't working when we did the same thing again. I'm not sure what's going on. And I remember on the journey, Kim was like, we were, Kim was really like praying, believing that we'd have a second child. And, and the cool thing is, is that this is Kim's faith, not mine. I'm bragging on her, not me. You know, I'm, I'm just a person that gets to look good, but she does all the hard work here. Um, but she started making a list of all the people in our world that were praying and believing to have kids. And so it was a real cool story that she went on a journey and we saw other people receive their miracle before God gave us ours. And it's like sometimes there's a difference between manipulating our own situation, having faith in God and celebrating the wins and the faithfulness in the lives of others. I think there's sometimes on the way to our miracle, we get to celebrate other people's miracle and be a part of it. And it's such a cool thing to be a part of. So tries Jacob, tries, sorry, Joseph tries to manipulate this whole situation from prison. Eventually, Pharaoh, this is like the leader, the most important person of Egypt, has a dream and no one can interpret it. Joseph inter- interprets a dream, tells Pharaoh that, hey, you're going to have seven good years, seven bad years. Many of us know the story. And then Pharaoh puts Joseph in charge of everything of Egypt, this slave kid that his brothers were jealous of, that was sold into slavery, put him in charge of everything, and he really saved the nation of Israel from famine. But also, he saved his people. Eventually, Jacob, his dad, all of his dad's household, his brothers all got moved to Egypt. They got given the best land, 
and they were saved from this famine because of the faithfulness of this one man, Joseph. But one generation later, Egypt forgot Joseph. This guy was their deliverer. This guy was literally their saviour. Yet one generation later, they forgot him. This is one of the moments that I, like I said, that really confronted me when I was reading my Bible. I was trying to look at it with fresh eyes and it was like, it just hit me that God, I feel like more than ever, we're living in a post-Christian society. Do you know, do you know what I mean? And my heart's, and my, and my, something, my spirit's leaping going, God, on our watch, I pray that we're not one generation away from forgetting you. God, on my watch, I pray that my kids are not one generation on forgetting what you've done in their life. I've got a few things that I want to talk about today. I've titled this message, Forgotten Savior, because I felt like Joseph was forgotten, even though he was the savior of Egypt and the Israelites. The first thing is I think we need to do is remember our salvation. Say, remember our salvation. Wow, we can do better than that. I'm pretty sure if we... Actually, I can't say that. I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to go there. <laughs> remember our salvation. In the book of Genesis, there are many examples in the ancient world how they remembered things. I think we are so quick to forget. The blessings jar, the thankfulness jar was just one example of how we remember the goodness. But let me ask you a question. Do your kids know your testimony? Do you remember it or have you forgotten it yourself? Think about the things that God has brought you through. Are, the, are you telling those stories? Are you passing them on? Like the book of Genesis was written, what, some 600 years after the birth of Abraham? So I don't know when creation was before that. We could take a guess. That's about the best we can do. But if we had Abraham and then Moses writes it some 600 years later when he's out in the wilderness having left Egypt and led the people out and they're wandering around somewhere around Sinai and he writes this story of Genesis that had been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation. How are we going at passing down our God's stories from generation to generation? I want to be someone that is constantly, hey Jethro, hey honey, you should have seen. God did this for us. We were praying for you, honey, and God came through. He knew that we needed you in our life. Are we people that pass down the salvation and the deliverance stories to our kids? In, in um, Genesis, there's so many stories of how in the ancient world, not only did they pass it down verbally, but they did physical things to, make, to, to remember things like... Um, in Genesis, if you've read it recently, you know that there's heaps of times where they built altars. They um, put up like stone pillars and things like this so that every time that someone would see it, they would remember the story of what God had done and would be encouraged that they'd be filled with faith and they'd remember what God has done and the journey that he's taken their generations on. Noah built an, an altar after the flood in Genesis 8:20. In Genesis 13, 18, Abraham built an altar when he settled in Hebron. In 35, 14, Jacob built a pillar. He put up a stone pillar in Bethel. Also, not only did they set up pillars or stones or monuments to remember what God had done, 
but they also named places or named seasons in their life because it was like when they gave something a name or a meaning, it wasn't just like a street name today that was the developer's son or whatever it was or they liked Hamilton Island so they called it Hamilton Drive. I'm not sure what it was, but this was different to that. This had a meaning, it had a depth, it had some spiritual insight to their family and where they were at. So they named places in Genesis 22, 14, Abraham names the mountain Yahweh Yera. I don't know how to say that. Remember he was called up to sacrifice his son Isaac and that translates the Lord will provide. So every time as these nomadic people are traveling around trying to find where God had this open space and their land for them to live in, every time they went past this place, it was, hey, that's a mountain where my granddad learned that God would provide. That's the mountain where he didn't sacrifice his son, but he found out that God was his provider. Also in Genesis 22, 26, 22, Isaac named the well Rehoboth which means open space. Remember there was a big dispute about wells? They kept taking them and stealing them. He's like, finally, there's open space. God has enough for us to flourish in this land. God made a space for us. Jacob named a place Bethel in 28. The Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. One of my favorite stories in the Bible. In Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles with God. And he named the place, the translation means face of God. God changed his name and he walked differently. What am I saying? I'm saying that they set up remembrance stones, they set up pillars, they set up altars, they named places so that it would be a constant reminder to them and the generations to come of what God has done in their life. How are we remembering our salvation? How are we remembering our testimonies? There is great value in this, in passing it on, from one to the next. I want to be someone that constantly tells others what God has done in my life. Because my personality, if I'm honest, is very easy to be critical. I'm very easy to borderline on negativity because my personality just wants to fix everything. So I'm looking for things to fix, which means nothing's ever as good as it could be. So then sometimes I, I naturally go towards this more me- negative side of thinking rather than this positive faith-filled, look what God has done. If he's done it before, he can do it again. Philippians 2.12, Therefore, my beloved, have you avoid, as you have always obeyed, not in, as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What would it look like for us to remember what God has done, but also to work out our salvation from this point on? I think Kim touched about this, didn't you? Did babe? It was this process of sanctification. This process that our goal would be that we would be more like Jesus every day, that it wasn't just a one-point salvation, but it was a daily decision. No, 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 I'm going to say no to my flesh there. I'm going to steward myself here. I'm not going to give in to consumerism. I'm not going to focus on this right now. But I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. Remember our salvation. We need to be saved from ourselves. I know I do. A lot. There's a God process where we work out our salvation. I've recently been reading a real good book about this, and it's sort of challenged me about things like the devil, the self, all this sort of stuff, and I've been so challenged by it. But what does it look like for you? What do you need to overcome and what do we need to work on in our process of sanctification in remembering our salvation? Number two, remember who we are. Joseph saved his family and the whole nation of Israel. 
oh sorry, the whole nation of Egypt. He was a Hebrew, an Israelite living in an Egyptian culture, but he never stopped worshiping God, the one true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of his dad, Jacob. Our culture feels like it's shifting really fast. Would you agree? I feel like there's change happening. It's, it's crazy. Yet, I'm not going to compromise who God has called me to be. I'm going to hold fast. God, if I've, got, if I've got misconceptions, God, please, modify my mind, challenge my heart. But God, if you don't <laughs> direct me in any specific way, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay true to what I know who you are, to how I've seen you move in the past, what I've seen you focus on, what I've seen you guide and lead my life again. Joseph was a slave, but he didn't act like one. He acted like a son, even in slavery. Church, no matter what our world looks like, we have a Lord, and we have our God. And our job is to live as sons and daughters of Him, despite the complexities that's happening in our world. In a promiscuous culture of, of Joseph's day, he stuck to his convictions. He knew that he had access to God. I love this. When the, um, the cupbearer and the baker are in prison with him, and he starts interpreting these dreams, I love his response to him. He literally says this. He, he says, um, interpreting dreams is God's business. But go ahead and tell me your dream. <laughs> it was like he knew that who he was in God. He knew that it was above his pay grade to interpret dreams. He knew that it was above his pay grade to have godly insight, but he knew he had access to God. He knew, hey God, I can't do this in my own strength, but tell me a dream because I've got this connection with God. He hasn't left me even though I'm in a different nature, in a different nation, in a different culture. God's going to speak to me when I seek him and ask him his ways. Interpreting dreams is God's business. I love that, the way New Living Translation puts it. But go ahead and tell me. Later on after that, that he's reminded of Pharaoh that he can interpret dreams. So Pharaoh comes to him. He gets called in front of Pharaoh. And this is his response to Pharaoh. He says, it is beyond my power to do this. Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Well, I didn't hear God's audible voice. No. <laughs> Now, Joseph understood that God could speak through him when he opened up his mind and allowed, like, I know Pastor Byron always talks about this, but that we could be that conduit of God to the people that need a freshness of him in our lives. It's beyond my power to interpret dreams, he says. But tell me your dream, and God can tell you what it says. In 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have, o and have overcome them. Because he who is in you, is he? I'm getting confused because I'm jumping between translations here. I'm going back to the New King James here. Because he is in you, he is, he is greater than he who is in the world. What? That's what Joseph is doing here. Hey, it's beyond my power to interpret dreams. Dreams is God's business, but tell me a dream and I'll tell you what it means. I have access to God because he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. I love how Joseph didn't compromise his values. He served the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, even in a different location and a different season. Our world has changed, completely changed, but our God hasn't. 
what are we going to do in the uncertainty? We're going to continue to serve God no matter what that looks like. We're going to stay true to who we know He is. Remember who you are. In and of ourselves, we're dirt. Literally, that's what the Bible says, isn't it? I just read it in Genesis. That we are created from dust. Sorry if you're struggling with self-confidence this morning. Come to church, they tell you I'm dirt. Yeah, that's real good. Sorry, it's not really a compelling message, is it? It's not really a self-help book in the, in the making, is it? Come to God, be a Christian, you'll find out you're dirt. No, but we're inspired dirt. We're God breathed. That the creator of heaven and earth and everything breathed his life, his creativity, his blessing, his favor into you. And yeah, I may be dirty on myself, Lord. I may not be enough. I may still stuff up sometimes. I may not know it all, but God, continue to breathe into me. Continue to lead. Continue to guide my life. I am a child of God. That's who I am. And we've just been singing it, but I hope it's more than a song. Because here's enough, it means that you are enough. That you're enough this morning. That whatever 2020 throws at you, that God can bring you through it. In and of ourselves, we're dirt, but we're inspired. We're gifted. We're saved dirt. Number three, remember our hope. Last message I preached before I went on holidays was on hope, and I loved it. I challenged myself. It was like that message was what I needed to hear. Have you ever tried to encourage someone in the halfway through the conversation, like, I think I'm just preaching myself here. And they're going, yeah, yeah, at the start, and then by the end they're going, yeah, that's not my situation. I think that's yours, mate. That's, you're encouraging yourself. That, that's what that message was like for me. It was like, I needed that hope. I still need this hope. I need to re- be reminded that our God is good. At the end of Genesis, one of the last verses there, Joseph says this, he's getting old, he's about to die in Egypt in a foreign land, and this is what he says. He says, when God comes to help you and lead you back. What? What? When God comes to help lead you back? Wait a minute, he just delivered a whole nation of Egypt. He'd just been used mightily by God, but it wasn't the end game to live in a foreign land. No, the end game was to fulfill the promise from the start that God would give them a land that that Abrahamic covenant would be fulfilled through his generations what dreams have we given up on or have we got complacent because we've, there's been enough for us in Egypt when really God had something bigger or something better promised for us previously can I encourage you don't settle in Egypt there's seasons where we go through things there's seasons where we need to do things but don't settle in your temporary situation if God has promised you something please in 2022 pick it up again pick it up again the land of Egypt had made Joseph he had become the second in power in all the land second only to Pharaoh Yet it wasn't it. It wasn't enough. He had this yearning and this desire that this wasn't it. That he was going home. That the goal was to live and inherit the promise not to live in the foreign land. 
the land that God gave to Abraham, to Isaac and his dad Jacob. I'm here to tell you today, according to my interpretation of the Bible, Jesus is coming back. This is not the end. This life that we face right now is not it. This is not all it is. There is more than this. Seasons come and seasons go. Let's get our eyes off man, off ourselves, off our own abilities or inabilities, and let's start to shift our focus and put it back onto God this year. When this does change, responsibility and reward is poured out according to how we live here and now. Philippians 1.6, And I am certain that God, who began this good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This new year, in 2022, I challenge you to remember your deliverance. Remember what God has brought you through. Have a testimony on your lips and on your heart. Remember you're a Christian by name and action and deed and thought. Because sometimes I feel like before it gets to that point of our actions or our deeds, it's our thoughts. Have you, have you noticed how sneaky it is? Oh, I don't really, really need to do that. I, I'm, I'm brilliant at it. I can justify anything in this, this head sometimes, can you? I can convince myself of whatever I want, can you? I'm really good at that. If I need to keep coming back, hey God, just guard my thoughts again. God, if I've gotten off track here, I just give you authority to shape and lead me again. You know what the crazy thing is? Is that the more I submit myself to God, the more I'm blown away by how good he is, by how gracious he is. I'm like, oh, but God, I, God, God my thoughts, Lord, lead me, guide me. What? You're better than I thought, God. I'm like, oh, God, lead me, guide me. I, I pray like if I'm thinking wrong, what? Wow, God, you, you're better than I thought. My journey of knowing God better has been one where I have been blown away by the goodness and the grace of God in the season that I've found myself in. Maybe we're scared to get closer to God because we think that he would be an archaic tyrant. Can I encourage you? He's a loving father. He's a friend. In 2022, I challenge you to reignite your passion for God. What does it look like for you? I feel like if there's been one thing in our lives that we've all been feeling lately, it's the distraction. And I'm done with the distraction. How about you? I'm done. I'm just like, God, I'm over it. God, this year, would you lead and would you guide us afresh, I pray. Maybe you could join me this year and start reading our Bibles with fresh eyes. Sometimes familiarity breeds content. And I feel like I've been in church long enough to just to go through the motions. Know enough that I'm sort of just almost inoculated from the truth. That I, I know all these scriptures and I hear messages because I'm in church all the time. And I go, yeah, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I already know that. No, no, let's look at it with fresh eyes. This freshness in the spirit. Say, God, speak to me through your word this year. Let's look for opportunities to bless those who we come in contact with. Maybe this year, like me, we need to be reminded of the value of the local church. Whatever that is, whether it's highway here, 
whether it's another expression in another room, God, give us a fresh heart for your church. Give us a fresh heart for our community. God, show me what you want to be a part of. Highway is simply this if you're visiting. Highway is a family church with a mission heart. And I've been really challenged this year speaking to Pastor Byron and Anne over the last couple of weeks. And what does that look like in my life? If you're a family church with a mission's heart, how do I be a part of that? Let's, this year in 2022, let's remember our roles in teaching our family, our friends, and those we come in contact to the things of God. Let us remember in 2022 that nothing is wasted. Nothing's wasted. May have been crazy seasons in the past, but now, God, afresh, would you bless us? Would you create space for us? God, if these things that we're going through, we can't change. God, help us to grow through it, we pray. So why don't we just close our eyes in, in this moment. God, I just pray over every person in this place. God, I pray, Lord, those that are in the room. God, those that are watching or listening online. God, I just pray right now, Lord, that your presence would touch each and every one. God, I pray this year, the first Sunday of 2022, God, that you'd pour out fresh hope, that you'd pour out fresh vision, God, that you'd pour out fresh energy, God. God, I just pray, Lord, over those areas of our lives, Lord, that feel dry or feel mundane or that we feel stuck. God, I just pray, Lord, that you would fill with hope in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, that you would recall to our mind right now the testimonies of the good things that you've done in our lives. God, bring back to our thought life, God, those times where you've come through and we were so amazed and so blown away and it's like we had a fresh revelation of your goodness and your grace, yet we've forgotten it. God, bring it back to mind right now, Holy Spirit. And God, this year, God, as we start to plan out our course, I pray that our prayer would be God willing. God willing. And God, over every home and over every life right now, God, I just ask for a fresh touch right now. God, I pray this year, God, that you would reveal more of who you are to us. God, that you would lift the, the, the sort of the small thinking off ourselves and God, that we would see fresh sides and fresh aspects and fresh facets of who you are in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.